listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of the Astros Future Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jimmy Price, also known as Astros Future. You can find my work at AstrosFuture.com and find me on Twitter at AstrosFuture. I'm your other co-host, Kenny Van Doren. You can also find my work on AstrosFuture.com and find me on Twitter at The Vandalorian. All right, today we're going to do a minor league preview. This episode is going to drop tomorrow on uh, Thursday. Minor league baseball is really getting back in action. Space Cowboys have played a few games, but uh, the the Asheville Tourist and the Corpus Christi Hooks will be in action tomorrow with Fayetteville starting Friday. So what Kenny and I kind of wanted to do is we wanted to, to go over the rosters and take a look at Sugar Land, Corpus Christi, all the way down and really highlight some guys that we think are going to be important to watch. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about the overall rosters, but we're going to highlight a few guys at each position or, uh, you know, hitters and pitchers at each level. Uh, we'll start with Sugar Land. Kenny, I'm going to let you start first. Give me, a, give me a couple of hitters that you're position players that you're looking forward to seeing. Uh, most certainly, Greg Kessinger is the first guy that came to mind. Uh, he really showed out at the plate this spring. We talked about that a couple times, just you and I. And looking at how he looked in the Grapefruit League, you know, it was very strong against major league ready pitchers. And a guy who hasn't played higher than double A until this season, that was very impressive, especially with his career uh, OPS being, you know, around that 700 range and hasn't really shown much pop or consistency at the plate. And now he's looking like a different, different hitter. He's off to a pretty hot start in the last weekend. Uh, Wednesday's game was actually suspended due to weather, but um, he's looking really good at the plate. Uh, my other guy though, is Luke Berryhill. Uh, Luke Berryhill also seeing his first action in AAA this year, kind of as expected. Um, got, he came over from the Reds there in tw- after the 2020 season um, for CNL Perez and playing a little bit more first base catchers, only two catchers down in AAA at the moment. And I think he's a guy that could really see a big offensive boost this year battled a kind of a minor injury in spring training was very limited, but if, if we, if we can see Luke Berryhill uh, get that offense going, he could definitely uh, be a future contributor in the majors. Yeah, definitely. And he'll, he'll get the opportunity to do that in some pretty uh, hitter friendly league. So uh, we'll see what he can do there. He already does have, uh, did have a home run over the weekend, a couple guys I'm I'm kind of looking forward to seeing. Uh, they're obvious names, but Justin Dearden's got to be number one. Uh, had a had a phenomenal spring after having a, a really good 2022 season. You know, led the led the system in doubles, RBIs, had 24 home runs. I think it was really cool to see Dusty Baker what he had to say about him. He talked about uh, he's uh, he's got a quiet confidence and he's super athletic and uh, plays well all over the field. We saw his arm, we saw the diving plays, we saw the bat in in, in spring training. And uh, with the way that center field is going right now, I know Chaz McCormick had that home run uh, today. But, you know, if there's an opportunity for Dearden to get on that 40-man roster and to to make a debut, he seems like the next guy up. Uh, after him, though, another outfielder that a lot of people have their eyes on is Pedro Leone. And, you know, you look at the overall numbers last year, and maybe the batting average didn't look pretty. The, the strikeouts were a little high, but he hit for power. He, I think he had like 15 home runs, had 38 stolen bases, a, a good amount of doubles. He does draw walks. Uh, he's got skills that I think would would fit well at the you know fourth fifth out, uh, outfield position. A guy that can come in, steal bases, gets on base, has a little bit of pop. Uh, so just really excited to see what Leon is going to do. You know, he a little bit of injury last year when he got promoted to Triple A. He's kind of 
he's he's yet to have a full healthy season in the Astros system. So hopefully he'll have that this year and we'll get to see what he can do at the triple the A level. Yeah, speed looks good. Arm looks good from Pedro Leon. Um, got back quickly after that sports hernia surgery this offseason. Wasn't a non-roster invitee just because he was so limited early on in spring, mm-hmm. but saw some at-bats. We didn't really see much of the play from him, but looked great in the field. And like as uh, Sarah Goodrum, the head of player development for the Houston Astros, she mentioned yeah, just he's going to keep playing center field moving forward, maybe see some time at second base, but shortstop's definitely out of the picture. Um, p- pivoting to these pitchers, you know, I think it's a pretty loaded top end of the farm system right now because guys like Spencer Arigetti, Matt Rupenthal, Devin Kahn, there's no room for them in AAA. So there's a lot of guys really pushing up uh, in the system there. And the two guys I'm really excited to see more from is Jaden Murray and Austin Hansen. Um, Jaden Murray seeing his first full season in AAA this year. I think he had one or two outings last year when he was with the Tampa Bay Rays before he was traded in the three-team deal that sent Jose mm-hmm. Siri to the Rays and brought Mancini to the Astros. Um, but it'll be good to see him there. I mean, he tossed eight eight plus scoreless innings in the Grapefruit League. I'm not going to count that exhibition game against Team Venezuela. That really would have plummeted that ERA. But uh, strikeouts look good. He's generating a lot of outs in play, not giving up any hits. Um, but also another guy, Austin Hanson, who pitched opening day for the Astros. Uh, command looked, or the sorry, for the Space Cowboys um, yes. looked a little wonky command wise, but everything else was kind of clicking for him. I think the only run he gave up was a home run on his last battery face. Just got back from Tommy John surgery, so it's going to be a big year for Austin Hanson. Yeah, like you said, I think there's a lot of pitchers that uh, are kind of stacking that AAA level, and another couple that I'm looking forward to seeing, J.P. France. He just celebrated a, a birthday recently. Um, and that same day, we saw him up to 96.6 with a fastball, which uh, I know you texted me about it. I, th- I think that's that's the, the highest that I've seen him have on, on Baseball Savant. Well, did walk a couple guys, gave him a couple runs, but seems like a guy that could fit in that middle relief role, and the Astros may end up needing that. We've already seen the bullpen get – uh, quite taxed early on in the season. And then obviously Forrest Whitley. We, we all want to know what he can do. We've seen uh, the positives. He started against the Astros in Minute Maid Park in that last exhibition game and pitched really well. I think the fastball was up to like over 97. He was throwing sliders at 92. The arm is still phenomenal. It's still one of the reasons he was one of the top prospects. A little bit older now than he was, you know, when he had his breakout season, I think in, in 2017 it was. But he's a guy that I think we're all looking forward to seeing just hoping that he can contribute to the Astros in in some way, some form uh, this season. Yeah, hasn't hasn't made his 2023 debut in AAA yet. Uh, not scheduled to start this week, but it looked like he was going to come out of relief today. I know we mentioned that game earlier was mm-hmm. suspended, and Yairo Solis was on the mound. And this game's going to be played Thursday in a doubleheader, so he could be the first guy to start that game, uh, that first game, and just kind of come out in the third inning there and try to just eat maybe five innings because you're still playing a nine inning game so we might get our first action of Forrest Whitley and triple a um tomorrow yeah uh, but I know I was, gonna say, I was gonna say real quick I saw somebody mention something and I think I don't remember which reporter said it could be true but um that maybe they they were holding off on using Forrest Whitley just in case the Astros needed him with the amount of games they had early in the season um and and just in and the bullpen was getting taxed quite a bit over that first series with uh with Chicago but um, yeah, ho- if he, hopefully he he will pitch on Thursday. We we'll get to see him, and, and hopefully he'll uh, he'll get that opportunity in the big league soon. Yeah, it looked like so. The, the, there's a ruling that's brought up a couple times that you have to wait ten days 
uh, after opening day to call up someone unless there's an injury. So you can't option anyone. The Astros couldn't option Seth Martinez, Ronald Blanco, if they wanted to bring up a right. guy who could give you four or five innings like Brandon Belak or Forrest Whitley. It would make sense just to kind of hold out. I know Ryan Presley was sick there for a little bit, so that would mm-hmm. be like an injured list placement if he was going to be out a week. They could right. bring up Forrest Whitley, and he could just eat those innings, make his debut, show what he could do, and then send him back down after. Um, but right now, it he might pitch tomorrow, it looks like, because he just hasn't pitched yet. Gotcha. Okay. We'll uh, we'll jump down to, to Corpus Christi, um, and this is where I think things get really interesting, uh, and then Asheville as well. But we'll, we'll start with Corpus. I'll start with my hitters. Uh, a couple that I'm looking forward to seeing, Quincy Hamilton, fifth-round pick a couple years ago, was a fifth-year senior, didn't sign for a whole lot of money, obviously didn't have a lot of leverage, but since he's came into the Astros system, all he's done is all he's done is hit the ball. Last year, he played between low A, high, made it up to double A, uh, finished the season with 27 stolen bases, 17 homers, OPS over 850. Uh, a really good season overall for him. He's going to be 25 this year, plays primarily center field. He, he's just a guy that I'm really looking forward to see what he can do at that that double A level, that higher level uh, as we move forward. And then it's got to be J.C. Correa. He's, he's the I think they are only carrying what I saw was two catchers, C.J. Stubbs and J.C. Correa. Mm-hmm. So he's going to get a lot of opportunity to catch. So hopefully I think them only putting the two catchers on the roster, and I have to double-check the roster, but I don't really remember seeing a, a third one on there. But if that's the case, he's going to catch a lot. I think that means the Astros do have some faith in his, his skills behind the plate. Uh, we know he can hit. We know he, he can get on base. He, he doesn't strike out a lot. Uh, not a, a big power threat, but his offensive profile fits phenomenal for a catcher. If he can get there defensively, um, it, it could be really big for the Astros. Yeah, there's only two catchers on the roster. And even yesterday um, in the exhibition game, which was Tuesday um, against Texas a Kingsville, Joe Thon, the manager, still penciled in both of his catchers into the lineup. He had uh, J.C. Correa at second base. So even with C.J. Stubbs behind the plate, so we're still going to see a bunch of versatility, maybe even if he has to come in and replace uh, JC or replace CJ Stubbs. It's just a mm-hmm. quick, quick adjustment there. But um, the one thing that always stands out to me about JC Correa when we talk about him is there's no flashy tools. There's no like 60 grade speed, 60 grade power. There's nothing that really pushes the scale. It's just that he's like so consistent in everything he does that it's not really going to push him into some of these top 30 rankings. You know, right. no one's asking why isn't JC Correa there? It's just that. He's just so consistent in everything he does. There's just nothing that really stands out. Maybe like what his brother was doing at this time. Right. For sure. Yeah. And and that's yeah, they're a completely different prospect than his brother, but a good prospect mm-hmm. in his own right. And and you're right. Yeah, he he doesn't has he doesn't have that that standout tool, but um he's he's good across the board. And we've seen that at all levels. And I think he's gonna continue to hit. I think he's a, a very advanced hitter for a, a minor leaguer. It's all about, you know, developing behind the plate now. But I know you got a catcher on your list that you're looking forward to seeing. We kind of already mentioned him, but but uh who are you looking at, Kenny? Yeah, another guy that saw a lot of action this spring, CJ Stubbs, his first year as a non-roster invitee, and he was incredible. I mean, I mean, he just had a, such a consistent spring at the plate. A lot of uh, walked more than he struck out. A lot of singles, but uh, showed some power there with the home run. And I think that was one thing you and I talked about is maybe seeing a little bit more power from CJ Stubbs this year. I mean, he was on a roll in the Texas League last year after he got yep. called up. Um, and the Texas League is where it kind of makes or breaks you. If you can get through the Texas League, you yep. can. You're just going to have fun in AAA. And that's what something like a guy like Justin Dearden has seen, Corey Jolks two years ago. Um, but last year when CJ Stubbs was called up, um, he hit 11 home runs in 41 games for the hooks. And that that's a big deal when you're in the Texas League in that limited time. So he's back up in double A. 
I'm going to play a lot of first base as well when uh, J.C. Correa is behind the plate. And I think this is the first time ever, I don't have confirmation about this, but that both catchers are named C.J. and J.C. I, I mean, that's never happened before. I, I mean, I don't know how many guys are named J.C. too. Uh, my other guy, though, is it's going to be um, Colin Barber. I mean, a guy who's suffered a shoulder injury and some other ankle problems um, in years past. Looking for a healthy year this year. Had a good spring. Saw limited action early in the Grapefruit League. Um, but he's coming off a season where he had an 839 OPS um, last year, 858 in Asheville. Um, it, it'll just it'll be good to see him in a ballpark that's not so hitter friendly for lefties, though. Yeah. And I think that's really where we're going to try to see how Colin Barber fares this year. Yeah. And like you mentioned, he's he's kind of one of the higher ranked Astros prospects. But if he can uh, show it in the Texas League at the double A level, then he's going to he's definitely going to fly up. And um, at this point, it's all about him being healthy. It's two seasons in a row that a, a lot of. Uh, prospect riders or fans have expected big things from him and he's kind of had some injuries he did show us some stuff last year in Asheville but uh, definitely a big year for him uh, we'll go ahead and transition to the pitching and uh, the number one guy I think a lot of people have on their on their their list just because of how the offseason progressed and what he did last year is Spencer Aragetti. We we've seen what he can do um, with the fastball we saw the things that Lance McCullers had to say about him uh, phenomenal year last year led the Astros minor league system in strikeouts, striking out 152 in just 106 innings. Uh, finished well and double A at the end of the season, so uh, he looks like the next big pitching prospect. You know, behind Hunter Brown, uh, could be a big year for him in double A, especially starting out. And if he fin- if he starts out hot, you know, he could end up joining that triple A rotation. I'm not gonna say maybe I, I don't know if he would potentially push for a call this year just given the the players in front of him but he has the stuff that can be you know probably a an impact arm at some point uh down the line and then one other pitcher i want to talk about uh Rhett Koba. i mentioned him a few times last year really good season you know following the draft and then he uh, the astros sent him to the arizona fall league struck out 21 and 18 innings there gave up a few runs but uh nice aggressive push to have him in in uh, a double a to start the season um and, and really excited to see what he can do this year in uh, corpus christi yeah, Red is a definitely underrated arm in the system. He's not going to be a top 30 guy, but he's definitely going to be a guy that's flirting with that list for the next yeah. couple of years, especially if he stays healthy. And the Astros have some fancy with Dallas Baptist. I mean, the last <laughs> couple three years was Ray Gaither, Red Koba, and then Ryan Robleski, the catcher they took in the like 19th round last year. Right. So there, there's a, some good scouts, I guess, in that area. Um, the, the pitchers that I, I'm excited to see a little bit more from is Jaime Melendez and Colton Gordon. Uh, Jaime Melendez coming off a really good um, – Great for the league as a non-roster invitee. Um, he was one of the better pi- better pitchers in the last couple of months for the Astros. Was a little bit inconsistent, faced a small injury. Um, but he's, I mean, he, lo- he looked really good in this spring. He was he was a quick reassignment to cam- uh, minor league camp. But in the limited action the Astros gave him, you know, Jaime Melendez looked good. And he's on the younger side, um, but um, good righty to be uh, pushing his way up the uh, top 30 ranking this next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see what he can do. You know, he had a he had a, like kind of a breakout year making it to Double A, and then we were thinking that maybe he was going to have the, the 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 big season last year, and it just didn't go his way. We saw some good things. I think one game I was down there, he threw like six innings, struck or allowed one hit, struck out twelve, no walks. I mean, just dominant. Um, so really excited to see what he can do, kind of get back to get back to that level that he's shown, that peak that he's shown. It's all about the highs and lows, and. If we're judging him on his highs, he looks phenomenal, you know, given it, given his age and his performance, but uh, could be a big year for him. Yeah, and him him and Colton Gordon, you know, Spencer Argetti, those are probably the top three starters looking at uh, double A sure. this year. And it 
seeing more action from Colton Gordon. I know he got roughed up there um, in the World Baseball Classic with Team Israel, but it'll be good to see more consistent outings. I think he only saw the mound maybe once in the Grapefruit League before he uh, joined Team Israel in Miami. So seeing you know a lefty move his way through the system, you know, I know Michael Knorr is on the way near the bottom of the system right now. Just got drafted last year, but uh, but Colton Gordon is the best. You know, he's the best lefty available in this top thirty list. Yeah, and I mean he was he was dominant last year. Seventy eight strikeouts mm-hmm. in fifty three innings. I mean barely walked anybody. Um, just really dominated the lower levels, and and it wasn't much. It didn't seem like as much of a challenge for him in Fayetteville or even in Asheville, which is a, a very hitter friendly uh, park where he's playing at home. So uh, to see him get that challenge in Double A this year is definitely going to be definitely going to be important. So very uh, very intriguing lineups. I think they're going to roll out in Corpus Christi. Here after the break, we're going to get to the Asheville, which I think is going to be the most intriguing team of all of them. Uh, but we'll get to that in just a moment. And continuing on here at the Astros Future Podcast presented by Apollo Media. Enjoy the show. Do us a favor. Drop us a review or leave us some stars. Yeah, looking back at you know this the Corpus Christi thing before we move into Asheville, you know Spencer Argetti has the opening day start on Thursday. I think we mentioned that, but um, Colton Gordon, just one more thing, he came off Tommy John last year. You know, a guy who was recovering from Tommy John was drafted post Tommy John surgery out of Central Florida, and he just looked incredible. Not a guy with a lot of velocity behind him, but he gets out, and that's really what's going to break him, uh, make or break him moving forward. You know, he's not the biggest strikeout guy, but um, if he can keep getting outs in play, that's really what's going to be perfect for him. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, that 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 uh, pitching staff is going to be fun to watch with him and Eric Getty. But we're going to jump to Asheville. Hi, A. Like I said right before the break, I think this is the most intriguing roster in the, the minor league system or the Astros minor leagues right now. For that reason, we decided to go ahead and give three uh, position players and two pitchers on this one because there's just there's a ton of talent and the outfield depth that the Astros have all across the minor league system is kind of it's it's obvious, but it's going to be most obvious in high A. So um, I'll get started. The number one guy that I think a lot of people are looking forward to seeing there, it's an obvious pick, but Drew Gilbert, the Astros first round pick last year, looked great following the draft, went up to Fayetteville, played well for a couple games, then ended up running into the wall, missed the rest of the season, but he's back healthy now. We've seen him hit a couple, uh, some videos of him homering in uh, in the the backfields in spring training. And just talking to people around the organization, he seems like a guy that's going to move up extremely fast. I mean, uh, it kind of reminds me of an Alex Bregman situation. You know, he uh, Bregman was uh, drafted in, yeah, he's drafted in 15, 15 yep. debuted in 16, right? Mm-hmm. So he was a guy, I think, oh, that's right, because he was drafted, made it up to Lancaster High A that same year he was drafted, started in double A the next year, and bam, he was in the, the majors. Mm-hmm. It was quick. Um, I don't know if Gilbert would be that fast, but I could see him moving quick. I mean, if he if he goes to Asheville, and and I don't see why he wouldn't, you know, hit, uh, hit for some power there, given that field, and, you know, hit over 300, I don't. He's going to be in Double A pretty quick, so I think he will be a fast riser. But he's not the only outfielder there. That's a uh, that's going to be fun to watch. I got two more on my list. I know you got one as well. But Joey Loperfito is another guy I'm really looking forward to seeing. I think um, he does a lot of things well. Plays really well in the outfield, but also at second and first base, draws walks, hits for some power, has very good speed on the bases. Uh, just seems kind of like the do it all type guy that I think you're you're really going to enjoy following. I think the Astros fans are going to like seeing him in double A when he gets there this year. Um, and then Kennedy Corona, a guy came over in a trade a couple of years ago. It took him a little while to get going. Had a breakout year last year when he finished with 19 home runs, 28 stolen bases, an OPS of 857 uh, as a 22-year-old. So uh, another power speed threat, kind of like you know we have with, with Quincy Hamilton, with Pedro Leon, with Justin Dearden. The Astros got a lot of guys that can steal bases, hit for some power. Corona is going to be another one of those guys. And that's just 
that's just three of the outfielders or maybe infielders if you include uh, include Lo Profito as an infielder. But um, and it's it's going to be a, a very deep lineup. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I know Kenny's got three other position players here who we're, uh, we are really looking forward to seeing. Some quick hits off the guys you just mentioned. The one thing I would mention about Drew Gilbert is like some of these coaches are saying is they factor in so much about the experience at the college level. We always know the college guys are going to move a lot faster than high school guys, but the guys at the coaches I was talking to, it's like, he's an SEC player. You know, he's ready for this. He's going to be, going to be challenged. Same thing with Jacob Melton, who's not in our, in our thing, but he's definitely gonna be a quick riser yeah. along with Drew Gilbert. He came out of the PAC 12. He was a PAC 12 player of the year. Um, for a guy like Joey Loperfito, I know he missed, I think it was maybe a little health reason there at the end of the season. It didn't look like an injury, but I know his last week in Asheville, he didn't even get yeah. to play out. Um, but it'll be good to see him, you know, get some more time in Asheville and just exploit that right, that small right field. And he was a guy that we were kind of thinking could just jump up to the hooks. I know yep. it's a very loaded area right there in the system with the outfielders. Uh, my last thing that I want to bring up about Kennedy Corona is that he was traded for Jake Myers. Uh, before the 2020 season. Uh, and the other guy in that trade was Blake Taylor. I think in maybe two years, it's going to be known as a Kennedy Corona trade and not the Blake Taylor trade. Um, my guys that I'm excited to see more in Asheville, Logan Cerny, a uh, guy who missed a couple months at the end of the season there with a bruised thumb. Uh, we didn't really know what was going on until we found out a little bit more this off season. Um, he saw some action in the Grapefruit League too. I, you know, I'm pretty high on Logan Cerny, as a lot of people know. Uh, came over from Philadelphia in the CJ, in the in the St- Garrett Stubbs trade. Had 35 stolen bases last year, uh, 15 home runs. He only played in 86 games because he was limited there at the end of the year. Um, another guy that I'm pretty excited to see more of is Freitas Nova, a former top prospect, was on the 40-man roster at one point, missed all of last season, had a couple rehab games, but uh, underwent ACL surgery in September of 2021. So it'll be good to see him get some action at shortstop. A very limited group of uh, infielders in high A, I will mention that, because um, you're going to consider Loperfito in that outfield group too. Right. Um, the, the last guy that, you know, I'm pretty excited to see more of his Nerio Rodriguez, who had a very good you know year at the plate last year before he went down with a injury that was uh, left undisclosed. Uh, played 39 games at a 9.15 OPS. Um, his injury opened up some playing time there for uh, for Miguel Palma and uh, and a guy, another guy like Colin Price, who's been on the podcast too. They're going to see some action. I don't think the future really holds. Uh, catcher for both those guys especially Miguel Palma who's kind of struggling with his arm and Colin Price who can maybe just outgrow his position with how how tall he is and he can play first base in the outfield so I think Nereo Rodriguez is going to see a lot of time behind the plate yeah now I want to circle back to Logan Cerny you know I think it was was it Baseball America that rated him as the the fastest base runner or best Mm -hmm. base runner in the system Um, so I mean he's we know he's explosive he's got power he's got that speed that you mentioned Um, and I think if you go back and look at the stats, so so bear with me while I pull up these stats. I should have had them pulled up already. Uh, but he finished the season in an unreal stretch. It was really unfortunate that he got hurt because he probably would have found himself in Asheville to finish the season. But I was looking at the stats the other day. If you go back, yeah, if you look from uh, from May 28th to August 3rd, which was his last game after he got hurt, he hit 318 with an OPS of 997. Uh, t- uh, had uh, t- 23 stolen bases in 48 games, 10 home runs, and – I know it's funny to look at. It doesn't really add up like this, but if you project that over a 162-game season, it's like 34 bombs and 78 stolen bases. So really shut off that power <laughs> speed. But also Drew Walks had 29 and 48 games and on-base percentage of over 400. I mean, he was tearing the cover off the ball those last uh, last two and a half months there right before he got hurt. So uh, really excited to see if he can kind of continue that into to 2023 in Asheville. 
but Kenny, the pitching staff, I think, also has a, a couple guys that are, are looking pretty interesting. I'm going to mention a couple real quick, but Edinson Bautista uh, kind of went under the radar last year. A lot of Miguel Ulola got a lot of the hype, and uh, and rightfully so. Um, you know, he's he's electric with the arm, very high fastball. But Bautista has a really good off-speed pitches and, and showed him last year and got a lot of – a lot of soft contact, a lot of strikeouts, and, and Fayetteville he struck out 113 and 93 innings, but only gave up 59 hits. And then he went up to Asheville, um, and he looked good. Uh, looked good there too. He's got more of your prototypical pitcher build. He's six two, two ten. You know, Ulola is a little bit smaller, but he's a guy that I think is going to have a good season in Asheville, make it to make it to Double A at some point. And you know, he's only going to be 21. And one other guy, uh, really good to see the the high A promotion here is Alex Santos. We saw some of his his. Uh, his positives last year, we saw a lot of negatives, and it, it probably wasn't the ideal, you know, season for him. Um, but this spring, there's been some reports that he was up to like 94 to 96 with the fastball. So to see that velocity come back is going to be huge for him. And, and starting out in Nashville and high A is uh, is going to be a nice test for him. Um, but you know, the second round pick a couple of years ago, it, it would be really nice to see him kind of reclaim that fame and, and kind of start jumping up the system. A guy that kind of looked underrated to me when you mentioned Batista as well was Jose Batanzas, who saw a lot of action in spring training this year. He was on the you know on the lineup card almost like half the games. I know he didn't see as many outings. He only pitched maybe four times and actually pitched for Team Venezuela uh, when they needed some extra arms. And he struck out Jake Myers, so he looked good there. Um, the Astros seem high on Jose Batanzas. Very unorthodox approach to the plate. I mean, his windup is nothing like you've seen before. Very short and compact. Um, I don't really know who who else like replicates something similar. Um, the second guy that I'm pretty excited to see more of is AJ Bluebaugh, who was uh, drafted this past year out of the, in the seventh round out of Wisconsin Milwaukee, and he was a part of that that six pitcher combined no hitter that the Woodpeckers uh, put together at the end of the season. There, um, big strikeout guy, punched out 20 guys over 13 frames last year. Um, struggled a little bit with giving up some extra base hits. Um, but he only walked three batters over his 13 frames. So I think there's a lot to be excited for AJ Bluebaugh. Um, very long windup, lanky guy. So um, that's my second guy to look for. Yeah, definitely. We'll jump down to Fayetteville. A couple guys there. Ryan Clifford, I think, is going to be the number one. You know, that Astros 11th round pick last year, but signed for more than, than Jacob Melton, who was this Astros second round pick, a, a little over a million dollars. Um, went four for five in the game against Asheville, the exhibition game on, on Tuesday night. Uh, he's a he's a, a bat first guy, you know. Hopefully he'll stick in the outfield, but if not, I think his bat's going to carry him a long way. So really looking forward to to see what he can do. I don't want to butcher the last name because I don't think it's pronounced how it looks. But Kobe, I think it's like Kato. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, are you do you know? Yeah, I think it's Kobe Kato. Kato, right? Yeah. Um, had a had a really good showing after the draft. Had twenty four walks to sixteen strikeouts in like twenty something games or thirty games. Um, and then ended up getting injured, missed all of last year. Well, he's back. He's going to start in Fayetteville. Uh, but really excited to see what he can do. He kind of he kind of reminds you of some of those um, those uh, picks that the Astros are making you know, six seven years ago. The guys that draw <laughs> yeah. walks and get on base, you know, um, a Nolan Fontana, if you will, but uh, maybe not mm-hmm. as high on base percentage. But uh, really excited to see what he can do. Hit for a little bit of power. He's got a little bit of speed. Uh, but it, it, Fayetteville is going to have a a very interesting roster because yeah. the, the two guys that you're going to mention, I think, uh, man, the upside is huge with them. Hey, Kobe missed a lot of time, or he missed all of last season because of Tommy John surgery. But I, I I tweeted about this, but he showed some crazy pop, and I know some of those backfields in spring training are very um, wind bigoted. You know, the, the wind is really going to help out some of those swings. But you know, the lefty swing looks really good from Kobe. Um, two guys I'm pretty excited for. Um, like you mentioned, a lot of upside: Sandra Stone and Tyler Whitaker. Sandra Stone coming over from the Dominican Summer League, um, one of the three position players, but he's the only position player starting the year um, in 
affiliated ball. I mean, I mean, he just went straight from rookie ball um, last yep. year at an 1108 OPS over 47 games, 22 walks in that span with 12 home runs and 14 doubles. It'll be good to see him against some more refined pitchers um, and affiliated play. Um, Tyler Whitaker is my other guy. I, I mean, everybody's been high on Tyler Whitaker. He was a top pick in 2021, 20, uh, but it will be um, good, good to see some more action from him. He had a pretty decent spring too. Saw a lot of action in the Grapefruit League, um, seeing some more third base uh, especially, you know, for a guy who played primar- primarily outfield. Yeah, and I think he made some swing adjustments. I know at some point I heard uh, some of the swing adjustments he made and took like 10 live at-bats in front of the, some of the Astros brass and homered like six or seven of them. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we'll see him uh, make those adjustments because just like, you know, just like we need with Santos, who was a high pick, we need him to break out. It'd be nice for Whitaker to be able to, to do that as well. On the pitching side, though, they're going to be stocked with a lot of arms that were drafted last year. And I know that's two that I got listed. I know it's two you got listed. I'll start with Tyler Guilfoyle. He was drafted in the eighth round. He was a, a dominant reliever in Kentucky, struck out 80 and in 51 innings. The Astros did have him start a game last year. I don't know if he's going to be primarily a relief guy, but he went to Fayetteville and he struck out 21 and 11 innings, gave up four hits. No runs, just dominant. So I'm, I'm interested to see how the Astros deploy him, but also the fact that he's just dominant. Uh, to me, I think there's value in, in dominant relievers, even if they're you know relievers low in the system and can work their way up. Uh, but I'll be interested to see how the Astros use him. And then one other guy, Trey Dombrowski, uh, fourth round pick, six foot five, two hundred thirty five uh, pounds, huge dude, big left hander. Uh, had some really really good numbers at a, a smaller school last year. Struck out 120 and 95 innings. Don't really know what we're getting out of him yet. You know, we've seen that he's got really good control, uh, almost like a Colton Gordon, if you will, except he's a lot bigger. But um, really excited to get another uh, another high potential lefty in the system. Yeah, I, I, for some reason, I thought Tyler Gilfoy was that uh, was a closer because he did have six saves, but I mean, he did, did give the did give Kentucky multi innings yeah. um, out of the bullpen. So it would definitely be something that the Astros probably toy with this year. Uh, my two guys are Michael Knorr and Andrew Taylor, two other guys that were taken in the draft yeah. last year. Michael Knorr, um, big lefty, one of the top five picks for the Astros. We didn't get to see either of them pitch last year in affiliated ball. We didn't even get to see them pitch in the Florida complex league. So it'll be interesting to see a little bit more of Andrew Taylor who really, you know, bought into the Astros early. We have an article about him on astrosfuture.com. And, you know, even though he wasn't seeing any action early on, especially for a guy who was a top three, top four pick for Houston, um, he was fine with that. He was, he worked, worked well through it. Yeah. And uh, real quick, I'm going to jump back to Dombrowski. I just want to talk about some of the crazy numbers he's had. He pitched in the Cape Cod League last year or back in uh, 21. And in 31 innings, he walked two and struck out 45. So I think that's what you're getting from him. A guy who doesn't walk a lot, good strikeout numbers. Uh, so really excited to see what, what those what those 2022 uh, draft pits can do, especially on the pitching side. Uh, Kenny and I want to real quick before we end this podcast, give us give some awards who we think is going to be the the uh, the MVP of the system, the Cy Young of the system, a riser, potential breakout prospect. Um, so, Kenny, go and give me your potential breakout prospect for for 2023. Yeah, a little bias here, a guy who's been on the podcast before, but Colin Price, um, showing good a lot of maturity. Name. This, yeah, very good last name. Uh, showed a lot of maturity <laughs> uh, this spring. Um, learning a lot from some of those major league catchers. He learned pitch comedy. He doesn't even have to use it yet. So he saw a good amount of action in the Grapefruit League. Can play some outfield and first base. Big right-handed hitter. Uh, missed the end of the season there with a broken foot. So uh, it'll be good to see him in high A. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture that was also drafted last year, Nolan Devos, if I'm saying it right. 
But uh, you know, he's a smaller, smaller pitcher. He's not, he's like listed at six foot one eighty-five, but I was reading on him with some ports of him being up to like ninety-seven miles per hour in college, but uh had really good numbers last year in Fayetteville, struck out twenty-two and in fourteen innings of one eight eight ERA. So um really excited to see what he can do. I think he could be the the potential breakout pitcher. Um, so we'll, we'll jump down to MVP and I think this is where we get, where it gets fun. And yeah, we didn't want to go obvious. I mean, like a lot of people may choose Drew Gilbert, but the guy that I think could be the most valuable player in, in the Astros organization is Joey Loperfito uh, for the reasons I mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, he gets on base, hits for average, hits for some power, steals some places, uh, steals some bases, plays all over. Like, I think he's a guy that at the end of the season, you could look up and see 15 to 20 home runs, 30 plus stolen bases, 30 plus doubles and on base percentage over 400 and just really feeling the, feeling the stat line so um i think i could see him having a uh, a full breakout season i mean last year it was but i could see it even it, it getting bigger this year yeah he never has con- he's he'll never have competition on the organization all-stars thing that the astros released because he can be placed at second base first base or any place in the outfield <laughs> just because he shows so much versatility and that's really yep. what shows him as an mvp in my opinion um the guy that looks like the mvp right now to me is jacob melton i mean he was one of the most consistent guys this spring amongst amongst the the crop that the astros brought in from the draft um he's a very mature player you know coming off coming out of uh, the pac-12 um in 2022 so um he's the guy who i think is going to really explode this year yeah, I could see him having a a monster year, especially starting in Asheville. On the Cy Young, on our best pitcher in the system, I went with Colton Gordon just based on what he showed last year. Starting in Double A, I could see him, you know, being a, a quick riser like we've talked about. Uh, low walks, high strikeouts. So, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Um, yeah, a guy like Miguel Yolo, we mentioned a little bit earlier, who um, ha- had a lot of success last year. A big strikeout guy, profiles kind of like Christian Javier. I think he's going to be another quick riser, and we could see him in Double A by the end of the summer. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm with you there. Um, and and I think a lot of people are high on him just based on that high potential. He has the uh, the uh, the the fat, the electric fastball, the good slider. Um, I think if you go look at his numbers, the guy like barely got hit uh, hit off of last year is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so another one we wanted to look at, and this is an interesting. This is something we call the uh, the riser. So we wanted to look at somebody who. Not necessarily a breakout prospect. Breakout is we try to get guys that are outside of the top 30 that may end up breaking out and ended up on a list. The riser, we wanted to look at somebody who maybe is ranked in that 10 to 20 range, uh, but could end up, you know, top three, top five by the end of the season. So I went with Logan Cerny. Once again, same reasons we, we mentioned before. Uh, electric player, good power, good speed. Absolutely tore the cover off the ball last year, right before that injury, starting in Asheville this year. So he's a guy that I could see having a breakout year and really going from, you know, somewhere in that 15 to 20 range to maybe a, a you know, a five or seven in the Astros system. I don't really have anyone to compare to for my uh, riser one. I think Ryan Clifford's really going to get his way into Asheville this and this year. I it makes all the sense in the world. Just kind of slows development. He's a high school guy, but he's very mature. We had him on the podcast talking and he seemed older than I am. So, <laughs> and he's a couple years younger than me. So I think he's going to be like Joey Loperfito. He's going to push his way into Asheville next year and just exploit, like I said earlier, for those lefty bats against that right field wall. All right. And the last award that we're looking at uh, in the Astro system for the 2023 season, we want to look at the the top rookie ball player. So a guy that we think is going to be over in the Florida Complex League and uh, that can be a a breakout guy. Um, I put Luis Baez on here. He's kind of an obvious pick. Uh, one of the Astros higher international signings that they've had recently, higher bonus guys. I'm going to let Kenny give his and I'll go with my second one. But uh, Baez, you know, good power, uh, dominating the DSL last year. I, I, I think it's it seems like it's been a little while since the Astros have signed somebody internationally, like an outfielder, and gave them a very high bonus, and they've actually kind of worked out. 
Um, so mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what Bias can do and then the guy you got listed as well. Yeah, Kenny Gomez coming out of Cuba. He was 16 when the Astros agreed to that contract. He'll be 18 in, on May 14th. Uh, I talked to a, one of the hitting coaches down there in the Florida Complex League. They're like, yeah, they kind of go easy with him. You know, he's such he's so young, so raw as a player. So his first action along with Luis Baez and Sandro Stone in the Dominican Summer League last year, posted a 902 OPS. He walked 18 times in 122 plate appearances, only struck out 28 times. Um, so there's a lot of lot to be happy with there. Good left-handed swing, great name too, even though <laughs> it spells a little bit differently than me. Um, but yeah, Kenny Gomez is a guy who could show a lot of speed um and some power uh yeah. in the floor complex league so one other guy i was looking at and and i don't i don't know if i'm going to say his first name right uh um milsar uh chirinos he's I, I don't know a lot about him but i'm looking at some numbers 20 21 years old out of venezuela pitched in the dsl last year struck out 46 and 31 innings only allowed five runs so um just a guy that maybe could make it over into the fcl this year and uh and kind of be a uh, an impact player, maybe be one of those pitchers that makes it up to Fayetteville as well. We've seen that happen where they uh, go from the DSL to FCL in Fayetteville within a year. Yeah, him but- and Jose Guedes, who both came over uh, for the Florida Instructor League last year, they looked uh-huh. great. You know, those two guys that weren't given a very high signing bonus last year and the year prior. And so the Astros just keep finding these under-the-radar arms and they're yep. – you know, making him look good. I mean, the Jose Flurry can be another guy that's mentioned, and he's going to be in Fayetteville this sure. year. I mean, he's skipping the FCL. I know he's on the older side a little bit. He's going to be 21 right. this year. Some good arms coming out of the Dominican Summer League. Yeah, an insane. I think he what he had like four walks to 60 strikeouts mm-hmm. in like 30 something innings. I mean, insane numbers in the DSL. So yeah, he's another guy that to, to really look forward to. Last thing we'll talk about, Kenny. What's what's the best thing you learned? We usually do this week, but it's been two weeks since we recorded. So, what's the best thing you learned over the last couple of weeks? Got two things right here: uh, Preston Tucker, former Astros outfielder and brother of Kyle Tucker, still playing minor league baseball. I knew last year I caught his name on a Triple A AAA Gwinnett, which is the Triple A affiliate of the Braves, and he was on that roster. And now he's. Uh, playing for San Diego's AAA team, El Paso, and Sean Dubin struck him out. So that's my best thing I learned. My next thing is Dari Carrasco signed with the Astros in 2016 as a shortstop, six figure deal. He's a pitcher now. I thought that was a misprint wow. on the rosters that we picked up there a little bit earlier than everybody else. And I looked at his uh, social media. He pitches. He looks good though. He's got some good breaking pitches. I mean, I, I'll post some videos later. Yeah, do, please do. I think that'll be fun to watch. It's uh, I always like seeing when the when the players do convert like that to see if they mm-hmm. can actually make it. So that'll be fun. Um, the thing that I got is over the uh, over the last week, uh, and actually like literally the day before the exhibition that the Ash the, the Space Cowboys had against the Astros, Sugarland hired a new broadcaster, Garrett Green. He's coming from uh, Biloxi. He was the uh, the broadcaster down there. Seems phenomenal. He's going to be their their broadcaster and their media relations guy. So he's got his work cut out for him because, you know, there's there's a lot of media stuff going on with how close we are to Houston and how often we have injured Astros in Sugarland. But uh, really excited to to welcome him into the system. Uh, he worked with Andrew Chapman, who was also the who's currently the Fayetteville broadcaster. Um, so definitely some some good guys to follow. So if you can go search Garrett Green, G R E E N E, Astros new uh, new broadcaster for the Sugarland Space Cowboys. Can't go without saying that Ryan Posner, uh, legend down there in Sugarland, got promoted, and you know he yep. works for the Astros. So him. good for Ryan Posner. Uh, quick thing before we get out of here: injury report. Um, when we got the roster a couple days ago, uh, this wasn't on the one that the Astros released, but we got one that has Jacob Coates, Ray Gaither, Brett Gillis, Christian Gonzalez, Brian King, and Juan Pablo Lopez all on the injured list. I know Juan Pablo Lopez had an injury last year that was kind of undisclosed. Um, you know, probably 
he's kind of flirting with on his way out of the system there. Not seeing a lot of time. Brian King is yeah. some of the Astros picked up there from the Cubs in the Rule 5 draft. Coming off Tommy John, so um, doesn't look like he'll pitch at all this season unless he gets some late action uh, this summer. Christian Gonzalez told Astros Future that he's battling a right leg injury at the moment, uh, getting better day by day, but there's no timetable on his return. Somebody who could possibly see some time in double-A, but he's kind of struggled at the plate. He did see some uh, good amount of at-bats early on in the Grapefruit League. Uh, Brett Gillis and Ray Gather both told uh, Astros Future just little minor setbacks, and they're expecting to be back in uh, high-A and single-A respectively soon. Um, and then Jacob Coates, we haven't gotten any information on. Guy who's shown a lot of good uh, good velocity um, mm-hmm. in high-A last year, uh, UDFA in 2021. So kind of sucks to see him on the injured list. Yeah, no, good stuff there, Kenny. Uh, man, I'm we're wrapping up this preview here. I'm really excited for the 2023 season. I mean, I'm anytime the season rolls around, I'm excited. I'm I'm always I'm an optimist, and and minor league baseball is full of optimism for me because we got all these prospects that can end up having these breakout years and stuff. But um, I really think the Astros system is in a good spot compared to where it was maybe last year. And uh, we talked about the outfield death and stuff like that. So really looking forward to this uh, 2023 season. Um, but that's going to go ahead and do it for today, uh, today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Astros Future uh, Podcast, covering your Astros in the minor league system.